This is the Real Digital Transformation podcast series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best-selling author Thomas Earl. Hi, this is Thomas Earl, and welcome to another episode of the Real Digital Transformation podcast series. I have with me today Wajit Katak, who is with Jaguar Land Rover, where he is a technical specialist in the prognostics pattern recognition area of the vehicle health domain. Wajit, welcome. Oh, yeah. Hi there, uh, Thomas. Yeah. Thank you for being part of the show today. And as you can see from our visual aid here, we're going to be delving into the mysteries behind model training. We're going to try to help provide clarity as to what model training is, how models exist, what algorithms within the context of data science are, how they are part of the model training process, and just try to better unravel that important core part of contemporary data science, the learning aspect behind what's driving machine learning and AI systems today. And Wajit, you are um, deep into this technology and these processes on a daily basis with your work for Jaguar Land Rover. So um, the the first thing I'd like to ask is, you know, and we have, again, we have a, a few uh, figures that we're going to be looking at here from um, the fundamental machine learning course content. Um, the first thing I'd like to ask is if you could, in the most simplified English possible, explain what model training is. So um, at its very basics, it, it all starts before even the model is born. We have our uh, algorithm. So the data scientist, machine learning engineer, they would choose some specific algorithm that's fit for solving whatever problem they're trying to solve. And once they have chosen their uh, algorithm, let's say it's a decision tree or it might be some sort of a uh, neural network, then uh, at that time, let's put it this way, they have just got a bare bone. Okay, there's nothing there. Just having uh, selected a algorithm, at that point in time, they have a model, but that model is just bare bone. It has pretty much no intelligence in it. So the next stage is the training bit. Now, we've all seen... Uh, uh, in, uh, in terms of like what model training involves. It, it's all about training the actual parameters of the model. Now, I think at this stage it would be a good idea to actually uh, relate it to a more of a like a, uh, it's a very in layman's terms, very like analogy. So imagine uh, th there's a, uh, like there are like two fishermen and they're trying to catch some fish. <laughs> and all they have is uh, some sort of a fishing net. So um, now imagine that that particular fishing net is like a uh, uh, like a cone kind of a. So it's based on a cone. So it's like a uh, like a funnel kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that with each of the 
and so now I, I would start bringing in some of the terminology from, let's say we have a neural network. So each of the cells within the uh, net, it has a weight attached to it. Again, you would have a weight attached to a fishing net. Why? So that it, sure. the net stays underwater so much. Now, imagine you have got those little weights attached to each of the cells uh, of the uh, fishing net. And so there's one person, uh, let's say, on the left-hand side of the uh, net, and then another person on the right-hand side. Now, it could be that you are only interested in a in catching a very specific fish. Maybe it's tuna, salmon, God knows whatever you're interested in. <laughs> so, um, so you don't just want to catch any fish, okay? So at this point in time, you you have kind of uh, chosen your type of uh, fishing net because again, it can can be a uh, you could be doing it like a casting the net, so some sort of a cast net. So or catching a, that mm-hmm. specific fish—that's the problem you're trying to solve. Exactly. Yeah. So you have been given a problem that okay, go and catch some salmon. Okay. Now that's your problem statement. So now you you're gonna look into the um, uh, arsenal of your tool. That mm, okay, what is it that's gonna enable me to catch salmon? Uh, without doing much effort for this way. Okay. We are and the here. solution, if we relate your um, example to mm. the the diagram we're looking at, the solution to that problem would lie in the results that were yeah. that are being output by the model, as in the bottom right of the figure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the result would be a nice, good salmon fish. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, now, we have chosen our algorithm, algorithm in this analogy being the type of the, the fishing net, because there are like 20 different types of fishing nets. Okay, so we're, as a fisher mm-hmm. man, as a fisher person, um, we can choose from a number of nets, Yeah. and the problem we're trying to solve will determine that the criteria we use to choose the most appropriate net to provide us with the best results. Perfect. Exactly. And so relating that to data science model training, we have a problem we want to solve. We have a collection of pre-existing algorithms we can choose from in order, and then we try to pick the one that will give us the best results for our problem. Okay. That's more right. So let's say we have chosen a decision tree because... That, that's the best model that works best for solving that specific data science problem. So, yeah. Okay. So back to our fishing expedition. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so we have chosen our algorithm slash fishing net. However, at this point in time, that net, let's say, let's, let's try to make it a little bit more interesting, our problem that it's not just any salmon. It's a very specific breed of salmon of a particular size, let's say. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that size is not like your common size across the world. It's like within this uh, area, the salmon is of this size, this and that. So you, we are only interested in specific type of salmon. Now, having just that net, it's not going to help us to catch that specific type of uh, salmon. So what we need to do is we need to uh, customize our 
phishing net. So, and this is where the uh, the, the model training uh, bit comes into play. Now, in terms of customizing our phishing net, how are we going to do that? Remember, we had those little weights, mm-hmm. those little weights attached to each of the cells of our phishing net. And uh, please keep in mind that our phishing net is like a, a more of like a like a cone shaped net, so like a, a horizontal funnel. Uh, so the the widest end is on the left hand side, and then as we go to the uh, right hand side, it gets uh, uh, smaller and smaller. Okay. The the cone shape of the phishing net mm-hmm. is um, corresponds to the algorithm we chose. So had we cho- had we wanted to solve a different problem, we may have chosen a phishing net in a, of a different shape. Perfect. That's right. So it's okay. the the shape of the net is our uh, it, what constitutes the difference between different algorithms. That's our algorithm, and then yeah. now we need to customize it further because it's a generic phishing net. It's a mm-hmm. generic algorithm yeah. that is used throughout the data science community. Um, and now, but we, but our problem is not generic. Our problem is. Um, unique to our business. We have a specific problem we want to solve. So the generic algorithm we've chosen is our best starting point. The salmon we want to catch, that cone-shaped net is our best starting point. But we know that because of the distinct requirements of our problem and the distinct objectives of our solution, we need to further customize that net. That's right, yeah. Okay. So we then remember we had two fishermen on either side of the uh, the net. So now we get into the business of customizing our net. In other words, uh, training our model. So what we're going to do is let's say we we have some friendly uh, salmon's floating around. Let's say. So what we do is we kind of push one salmon from the left hand side. And we want to see that would it actually uh, uh, be actually caught uh, when it emerges on the right hand side. So we, the objective is to catch it, put put simply. But we want to make sure as it goes through the net, we, it, it gets into the right kind of a, like the catching pod, catching area on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. So as we push the salmon. Uh, our friendly salmon, and let's put it this way, our friendly salmon is our example data, is something, is our historical data, is our data that we already know, where the target, the target class uh, is already known. In other words, we already know that this is exactly the salmon that we need to catch. Mm-hmm. Of, of 20 other different types uh, of salmon, this is the one that we need. So in other words, this is our example salmon that we already have. So relating this to the next figure that's being shown, mm-hmm. what you just described, the the analyst is us, is you. You're, you're the one setting all this up. And the historical input data that you're feeding into the model um, corresponds to the type of problem we're trying to solve. In this case, it corresponds to the specific type of salmon we're trying to catch. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, as the fish 
passes through the different cells of our net from left-hand side to the right-hand side, then what's going to happen is then the person on the right-hand side of the net, he's our like the observer, okay? So he's going to check that hmm, is is the, uh, in terms of the those little cells within our fishing net, are they properly kind of like aligned to the, uh, in, a, uh, in a way so that they can capture that, our specific salmon? And to start with, all of the cells would be of the same shape, put it this way. But what we're going to do is once we pass our first salmon, so then the observer is going to tell us, like tell the person on the left-hand side that, hey, the first one, we didn't manage to catch it because it just went through all the uh, you know, cells and kind of disappeared. So that's our the, kind of – sorry, yeah. Wait. The, the two – the two people fishing right now, the mm-hmm. one on the left and the one on the right, which one is the analyst? So it, to be honest, it's it's a tag team kind of a situation. So both yeah. of them are working together. So you could say that both of them are our analysts or our data okay. scientists. In this it's, example, it's, why do you have two analysts? Why, why so, the team? Yeah, okay. So in this case, just to kind of like put it into an interesting analogy, because if you go back to the world of neural networks, then as the examples are flowing through our neural network, then that's the uh, the forward pass, okay? But as the forward pass occurs, then there is some loss that we are determining. We, we are finding out that, okay, is our model doing a good job or a bad job? So that's mm-hmm. what happens on the extreme right-hand side. This is what the other person is trying to do. Like, it's the other person that's telling the, 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 the person on the left-hand side that... Mm-hmm how good or a bad job the the fishing net is doing at the moment. But okay. obviously, in terms of machine learning, then it's all automated. So on the right-hand side, once the example has gone through the neural network, then there would be a loss function. We would determine that, okay, how good or bad we did. We'll find out that, ah, oh, we are this much away from our original predict. Like It should have been a salmon, uh, but in reality, it's something else. So then... Okay. So um, just taking a step back here with this is the final diagram we're looking at. Now, the initial data we feed into um, the model is also uh, vanilla data about the type of salmon we're trying to catch. So we've taken a generic algorithm as a starting point. We have fed in to our um, system training data which is relevant to our problem. So in this case, training data specific to the type of salmon we're trying to catch. We get results from that. And um, those, those results, the, the, the cone-shaped net we're using with the specific weights that we've added to target the salmon, um, it's... It's the iteration of this process whereby we input training data, we assess the results, we introduce new data or adjust the data um, to better train the model. Uh, We go through a cycle of doing this, which would, in our example, correspond to us adjusting those weights uh, each time to just optimize the efficiency, the effectiveness of our net 
before we actually deploy it in in the ocean. That's right. So yeah, that's okay. exactly. So the person on the right hand side, it kind of gives us a feedback that hey, we didn't we didn't manage to catch the salmon. So in the very first try, so we can call it the epoch in the very first kind of the cycle. And then what we do is the person on the left hand side goes and adjusts those weights for individual cells within the fishing. The, the person on the right hand side giving us the feedback, if we relate it to a data science system, is that the system giving the analyst the feedback? Uh, so it, over there, it all happens pretty much automatically. So that's part of the actual, so whichever machine learning uh, let's say library you're using, then the the this whole process of you know feeding the data in. Once you have specified, here's our training data, and here's the loss function, and you know a couple of hyper like some some of the settings slash hyperparameters. Once we have tuned that, then the rest of it it all happens in an automated fashion. So there's like you don't really need a person as such. So the mm-hmm. person in our fishing uh, exp- uh, expedition is just so that we can relate it to something, but this uh, in terms of adjusting the weights that all happens automatically based on the feedback that we get from our loss function. So what does the analyst do manually um, as part of this process? So in terms of the, the entire training, so before you can start the training, obviously you, as we just discussed that, yeah, you need to make sure you have selected the right algorithm. So that's in terms of the involvement of the analyst or mm-hmm. data scientist. So it, the story starts from there. So you have to select the right algorithm and then you have to choose certain um, uh, hyperparameters. So each model would have some sort of hyperparameters. Now the, the hyperparameters would be like, what's the batch size of the data? how many epochs, like how many cycles of training or the learning rate uh, and uh, what kind of regularization, this and that. So all those things are something that the data analyst or the data scientist, that person has to uh, specify them. They have to uh, set those. So these are like our tuning knobs. Those are critical decisions that the analyst needs to make correctly for Mm -hmm. all of this to uh, perform as expected. Um, and then later, once the training is underway and after the trained model is deployed and it's in production and we're relying upon it as part of our business operations that are automated or related to this somehow, or, or we're relying upon it for um, human decision-making, um, the the assessment of how well this is performing uh, is that not up to the analyst? So, does the analyst not look at this a few days after it's in production or a couple of weeks later and go, you know, this isn't actually we're not catching many fish. Um, the the every, you know everything was customized based on the training data we had to work with. Um, but the, the the haul of fish is not meeting expectations. We're catching two fish a day. We were expecting to catch 20. So uh, what does the analyst do when, when they see that? Yeah. 
So yeah, so once we have our model trained, it gets deployed as part of some sort of a uh, business application, say for example, like a recommendation system, or let's say you are just uh, beat a very like simple case like spam uh, email detection. Now there has to be uh, something in place that looks at the efficiency of our model. Because there could be, uh, over the period of time, it could be that the, the characteristics of the data or the, the actual, uh, the, so yeah, the, the interaction between the different attributes of the data that we captured as our model, they might change. So in other words, the nature of the data might change or the actual pattern, the type of pattern we have uh, originally uh, captured, that might change over the period of time. So, so now, sorry to interrupt, Wajid. What you just described, um, could we relate it to our scenario? Yeah. Um, what What do we, as you know, as um, professional fishers, uh, what do we do if, despite our best efforts, the net isn't catching many fish? Do we try to get new data from elsewhere to better train our model, or are we collecting? new data from the phishing activity yeah. we've carried out so far to better optimize our model? What what typically mm-hmm. do we do to improve? So again, just uh, going back in terms of the, the, the fisherman's uh, kind of face uh, expedition. Now over there, yeah, uh, the fisherman would be keeping an eye on like, okay, what's the yield? Say for example, like, okay, when we start the very first time we uh, tuned those weights, then yeah, the yield was, I don't know, 100 salmons per day, something like that. However, over the period of, I don't know, a month or so, uh, the yield has is, is kind of like dropping. So that's, that's a concern for the fishermen. So what they need to then do is, it could be, well, let's keep it simple. It could be that now the, the, the salmon we thought is is like this this area of water is full of this specific type of salmon maybe it's just because of evolution or maybe they migrated somewhere else and now we have a different type of salmon here mm-hmm. so even though it is still salmon but the type of salmon on which we kind of customize our net it is no longer valid or it's not 100 percent robust so this is exactly like you just said uh, moments ago that now we need to take that fresh batch of salmons and kind of retune our weights of our fishing net so that then the net, our fishing net is now customized to catching this new kind of type of salmon. And Wajid, this is, yeah. what, what if there are other fishing boats around competing for the same salmon? And we realize that Perhaps that is one of the reasons we're not catching as many as we thought we would. Um, and if it is more of a market dynamic issue, perhaps we thought we were targeting a certain segment of customers that were not being served, but then we realize that there are competitors already making inroads to that um, segment of customers. That could change our training process entirely, could it not? Yeah, yeah, very much. So I think the external market forces 
so apart uh, apart from the data itself, it could be that there's a different, like the business requirement might change over the period of time because just like you just mentioned, because of uh, like uh, there is some other competitor, they might be catching our fish, let's say mm-hmm. in this case. So what we need to do is then we need to come up with a different plan in this case. And then- A different algorithm? Uh, it could be, it could be that uh, again, if uh, depending upon the, if the, so put it this way, if the nature of the, problem hasn't changed uh, by an order of magnitude, then it would be more or less we would keep on using the same algorithm, however, retrain it. But Mm. it could be that our business requirements have now changed altogether. So in other words, rather than using a black box model, now we need, like maybe there's a new regulation in place. Say, for example, like, uh, say, for example, we are in the business of uh, uh, giving credit to people. So we, we need to like uh, processing. So our application uh, credit application processing procedure involves ML model. Now there's a new requirement that hey, you need to as part of ethical AI and you know responsible AI, uh, we need to make sure you're not uh, you know uh, doing uh, like being uh, you're not being you're being unfair. Let's say. So right. as part of that, we might wanna then move away from, let's say, just a very coarse kind of example, move away from neural networks to a decision tree, say for example, mm-hmm. because decision tree is something where you can look into the logic of how it works, how it arrived at its decision. So yeah, then there would be retraining involved. Using Based on tree. your experience, Wajit, when, when the results of our model training are not what we were um, expecting, uh, and we're not getting the results that we need for our business. It, is it usually a matter of working with the same algorithm and better optimizing and training the model? Or is it um, sometimes or more often a case of the wrong algorithm having been chosen from the beginning? So in our in our example here, perhaps the analyst uh, assumed they were there alone to pursue this type of salmon and they did not have the intelligence or the, the, um, the, the input data uh, necessary to also factor in the um, possibility of competing uh, fishing boats also looking to target the same kind of salmon. So, uh, they 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 just chose the wrong algorithm for what for how the problem actually existed, and in this case, because it's a greater problem, it's not just about making sure that that net will target that salmon. It's about perhaps um, the results will tell us now with a new algorithm that we should deploy ten different nets in ten different locations during different times in order to better compete with the activity that's happening around us to better get the results we want. Uh, how often does that happen? That it's it's actually the wrong algorithm chosen and we don't realize that until we are in production and don't get the analysis results that we were hoping for. So um, I think, it, to be honest, it doesn't happen, again, just based on my experience, it doesn't happen that often, whereby, because, 
in terms of machine learning, you are more concerned about the actual accuracy of your results. So let's say you chose algorithm A, then uh, trained a model based on that algorithm, and then you got some accuracy based on that. Now, as long as you are making the right kind of uh, right predictions, let's say most of the times, let's say whatever your business KPIs are, as long as you're doing that, then you are doing a good job. But let's say there's, there's a change in the market, something happens out there, the nature of the data changes. or So in, in that case, then normally you wouldn't just simply jump to another algorithm uh, all of a sudden. So the, the jump to a different algorithm would only come if, let's say, there have been some new developments and there's some evidence that's available that um, by switching to the other algorithm, there would be a gain of, let's say, 10 to 20%. So then th that's kind of like normally that kind of situation justifies in terms of moving to a totally different type of an algorithm. But, mm -hmm. uh, because, but the nature of the problem, more or less, as long as the nature of the problem that we were originally tasked with, it doesn't change, then normally you won't make that kind of like a quantum jump. So if, okay. if, it's, a, yeah, if it's a supervised learning task, you would still choose a algorithm within that supervised learning area. You, you would expect the analyst to have a proper grasp of the business problem before yeah. going through this process. In exactly. which case, That's right. they would have known about market conditions ahead of time. I understand. So that was part one of our two-part interview with Wajit Katak. In part two, we'll get into algorithms, how models physically exist, and what happens when they are trained. Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn 